Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter reflecting all the things from football across the top five English divisions with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And it's starting to get a little bit colder. We're nearly into December, which is pretty much the peak of English football, really. This time of month, they squeeze in all the fixtures. And there seems to be so much going on, as always, to talk about on the podcast this week. So we'll get straight stuck into it. So the warm-up conversation, I forgot to mention about a couple of weeks ago that Dominic Calvert-Lewin, obviously English striker, plays for Everton. Um, he was on the cover of the Homs. I might be saying that completely incorrectly. It might be, is it French? Uh, magazine. It was their 56th issue. And a lot of footballers these days are trying to be a bit more of a, a fashion icon, but he's doing it in quite a controversial or quirky way. And I think he's doing a really cool job if this is him on the cover of the magazine. So it's quite a lot of chat about the fact there was a baggy shorts. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people were saying, is it a skirt? Yeah, but it looks like a skirt. Yeah, it? I think he's really trying to put forward his own taste in what he likes to wear. And Calvert-Lewin's really trying to just express himself. And I think he obviously doesn't care what people think because that's him on the front of the cover looking great, I think. And um, following in the footsteps of other Everton player, Tom Davies, he's also got a very interesting fashion style. Hector Bellerin, I think I mentioned him, must be last season actually now on the podcast, about the flair and all the stuff that he's doing. And he's doing a lot off the pitch as well, so... Yeah, I thought it was really cool to see him be expressive and you don't often really see footballers outside of their trackies and Everton kit and what have you. And obviously Calvert-Lewin's got a very distinct fashion taste, which I think he's rocking. Well, it's nothing new. George Best in the 60s had his own boutique. And oh, right, okay. They called him the fifth Beatle. He was trendy and he owned all magazines and nice. wore different things, looked different than everybody else. So yeah, and that carried on. He also was a Rodney Marsh. Rodney Marsh, who did he play for? City, he had some... Uh, uh, right, okay. How was it? He had some uh, fashion stuff going on. Terry Venables, I think, did something. So, yeah, no, that's been going on for 60 years, all that stuff. Kick-off. So... As we discuss this on a Sunday evening with the podcast, obviously it's been big news this week. I'll be mentioning the match a little bit later, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's now become the sixth manager to be sacked in the Premier League this season. We're not even into December. So if you think, I know there's 20 teams, six out of those 20 teams have changed manager very quickly. Newcastle, Norwich, Watford, Villa, Spurs, and obviously now United. And it's just so hard to keep track of everything. I, I mean, and I was thinking... There's got to be some other managers are probably going to lose their job from now until the end of the season. Benitez, I was next, about probably. to say, probably. I mean, Benitez is probably looking a little bit dodge. Burnley, do you reckon they're going to get? No, nah, they'll stick with them. Leeds, no, nah, they'll stick with them. Brentford, oh no, they're top ten, not. aren't they? Yeah. Southampton. Uh, well, he's always favourite, but I don't think so. And Leicester, they surely wouldn't get no, no, Brendan no. Rodgers, even though they had a not great result against Chelsea. So. I suppose oh, those are the only teams that I thought would they potentially because they're towards maybe towards the bottom of the table. But um, as things happen with football, things go week by week, and it might easily be uh, one manager looks safe, and then a month later they're they're gone, like uh, a lot of managers these days. So yeah, my I suppose my kickoff is the fact that it's just seems to be hard to keep track with things. But overall, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer leaving, I suppose we're not surprised, are we? No, 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 I'm just surprised, especially him, I don't think. And the favourite to potentially take over the Man United role, a lot of people saying Zidane. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, he's... Uh, Big name. 
Oh, that's a big name. Then he's a quite controversial, quite outspoken, I would imagine. So, I'm, I mean, a brilliant footballer. So, I'll be interested. Zidane, has he ever coached Ronaldo? No. Uh, yeah, uh, Real Madrid. Would he have been at Real Timing Madrid? Timing-wise, yeah, I think he might have done, yeah. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, that was my kick-off. Is that your kick-off as well? Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Leicester. I just thought they were shocking against Chelsea. Just, I don't know, they never got going, didn't look interested. Home match, and the fans yeah. booed him off. And no Did surprise, they? really, yeah. But you seem to pinpoint that down to one player that was missing. Well, I think, yeah, I think uh, Tielemans seems to be a real key player for Leicester these days. And as soon as he started, within five minutes, I was looking at the team lineups and thinking, oh, well, but he's not playing the way they've lined up and the way they're playing this mm. year. And if he wasn't playing, so yeah, it's a big miss, really. So, half time turnaround, this is where we look at matches across the top five English divisions and look at which team really managed to pull it back after half time. And I'm going to League One for my half time turnaround, and it's at Fratton Park, at Portsmouth versus AFC Wimbledon. And first off, Ollie Palmer put Wimbledon in front from the penalty spot in the 24th minute. So, at half time, it went in 1 0 to Wimbledon. So, Danny Cowley, obviously Portsmouth's manager, had to give quite the team talk and he made a substitute in the 56th minute, brought on Joe Morrill, um, and then in the 63rd minute, Michael Jacobs equalised to make it 1-1, and then it was very dramatic, 89th minute winner, Marcus Harness, who was assisted by that Joe Merrill, who came on at Substreet, to make it 2-1 to Portsmouth, and they're now unbeaten in seven games in all competitions, so yeah, it was a brilliant turnaround, obviously at home, to 1-0 down to then turn it around, and that 89th minute winner, I bet Fratton Park must have been rocking with that one. Yeah, and I've got uh, a bit of a local derby-ish in uh, Division 2 or League 2, Leighton Orient and Sutton United, two teams both in good form. Sutton took a 1-0 lead in the first half on low FA and won one at half-time from Archibald. Kenny Jacket, been a manager now since 1996. Uh, he was a one-team player, played for Watford 337 games, managed Watford. Since then he's managed Swansea, Millwall, Wolves, quick trip up north with uh, Rotherham. Uh, and uh, now he's at Orient, and um, 4-1 the one in the end, two from Smith, and uh, a 94th minute goal from James, uh, 4-1, so a brilliant turnaround from being 1-0 down, and Sutton, I say a real form side, uh, got a bit of a hiding. Second half, so this is maybe something a little bit more positive in football, and you just mentioned then the manager who seemed to play a lot for Watford, did you say? Who was the manager that you just mentioned? Kenny Jacket, yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of, as my praise was talking about former great players that now seem to be leading the way as managers. And um, obviously, when I was growing up watching a lot of football, obviously a lot of the managers are previous football players, but I wouldn't have known them. But now it's coming to the area where I'm starting to see players that I watched who are now becoming managers, such as Steven Gerrard, obviously 504 appearances for Liverpool and obviously Rangers and now Villa. Um, also in the news, I thought it was really cool to see Xavi uh, from Barcelona, who was a legend there, an amazing footballer. 505 appearances, so just one above Steven Gerrard. Um, obviously now taken over and actually they celebrated their first game, his first game in charge with a win in a 1-0 derby victory over Espanyol in La Liga. Um, obviously, other players that I recognise, Scott Parker, obviously seems to be doing a really good job at Bournemouth. And then that kind of got me thinking about any more players that are playing now that I could see as future managers. And to be fair, I was struggling a little bit because I was thinking of who are captains, people like 
Maguire, but I couldn't necessarily like see him in a managerial role. The only person I could think of was maybe Jordan Henderson. I don't know if he seems to have that leadership role, especially in the English dressing room. Apparently, as wise captain, he's brilliant. And I just, I don't know, maybe, could you imagine Jordan Henderson as a manager? Yeah, and it's interesting because company left and he went oh, from yeah, City straight into with some of those City players, probably. Yeah, I think if they've played under good managers, uh, which Gerard's played under some fantastic managers, so Vieira's another one. Yeah, Vieira. So I think, yeah, I think there's uh, I'm had a chance to look, but I think I'm sure there are some good players who would make good managers. Some of the United players, I'm sure. Some of the, it's the you know the clever players. You're uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, interesting. Yeah. So I think uh, I've got a bit of a question for you. So I, oh, I, I think the um, the way in which the the all the managerial changes affected the relegation battle in the Premier League's great. I think it's a fascinating. Oh, it's only I'm winning twelve matches. Uh, it's nothing, is it? So um, very true. So I wonder who you think is going to go down. So in my uh, head, having seen Norwich come back from a goal down, I think Dean Smith's got a really good chance of keeping them up. I'm sure Villa won't go down under Gerrard. So oh, okay. So yeah, three teams are going down, and um, you can't imagine that would be Palace because they're doing really well. Yeah. You can't imagine that would be Brighton, some of the favourites normally in that lower area, um, Leeds, Burnley. So who's going down? Uh, again, I I always said that I thought Norwich were going down. I um I think I'm still going to say Norwich. I think potentially probably don't have enough depth in their squad. Well, I'm they're above g- Newcastle. Now. I know Newcastle. I think will go down. Uh, doesn't help Eddie Howe had a COVID and missed the match, but still, uh, yes. And then the last spot, I don't think Burnley will go down there in there at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, well, and Burnley have won one in Leeds. 12. I'm going to say Leeds. Yeah, Bur- Burnley, if Burnley carry on like the other, win three matches this season. Oh. They've won one in 12, I think. Yeah. Could be their year for going. I mean, they, That's true. they've sort of toyed with going down. So I think I think Leeds is a good choice. They've got terrible injury problems. and um, Yeah, they need Bamford back. Can't quite and get going, can they, really? So... Probably, I think def- I agree. Newcastle, Watford. Uh, no, Ooh. I mean they've had them. They won five two at Everton, and I'm United four one. So yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, you that's can't true. see them going down. So it's, it's but there might be. So, I wonder if somebody like Leicester might get, get dragged, dragged into, into it. Yeah, or it'd be a team like that, perhaps, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I suppose the whole once you get a new manager, there's that automatic. And they uh, might boost. lose Rodgers to United. They reckon possibly. Oh gosh. So, okay. So yeah, I think. No, that's true. It's it'd a good be point. Interesting. But it's a, it's a, it's really interesting. Sometimes it's just dead and buried. But I think the new manager is shaking it up a bit. So it'd be interesting. Chant for the week. So I've gone to a 1978 hit from Blondie. Number two in the UK. I feel like I might have already done a Blondie song, actually. Um, And I'm going to the Hornets this week for Watford. They obviously had a great result against Man United. They won 4-1. And this, I've done Josh King. I've already done a song for Josh King. And his strike partner is a Matthew Dennis, uh, who I I think he's definitely scored the final goal. He might have got an assist as well. He's looking really good. He's the one that took off his top and then took off their like black what looks like a bra as well and uh, I think mum moaned at that but yeah so I go from Matthew Dennis to obviously the song of Blondie's Denis and the chant would go Dennis Dennis oh with your eyes so blue Dennis Dennis we got a crush on you Dennis Dennis we're so in love with you Ooh, has he got blue eyes? I mean, if he hasn't I don't got blue know. eyes, it doesn't I did, work. I was going to Google it, but I thought I'm just going to go with it. Three out, I think. Oh, it's no. It's rubbish, really. I, mean, I can't imagine any crowd singing that. It was terrible. I reckon it? they might. You never know. Here's Luke! 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 
Final whistles. This is where we round up the top five English divisions, and there's loads to talk about because there's loads of goals in the Premier League. I'm not going to go through every match, but there was 30 goals on Saturday alone. Big results, obviously Watford beating Manchester United 4-1, which moved them four points above the drop zone. Man United 17 points, and that now leaves them 12 points off the leaders, Chelsea, uh, which for Man United is just not good enough at this time in the season, hence Solskjaer getting sacked. Liverpool ended Arsenal's 10-match unbeaten run with a 4-0 win, and uh, we watched the match, and Liverpool just playing out of their skin, really. It's just their forwards, Mane, Salah, Jota, Minimino coming on with his first touch and getting a goal. So it's a four-point gap between Liverpool and the leaders, Chelsea who are still top of the table after, like you said, their comfortable 3-0 win at Leicester. City also had another easy win. Uh, Easy, you would say easy. Pretty comfortable already on Sunday versus Everton 3-0. And then looking down towards the bottom of the table, as we've kind of mentioned with all these results, actually, Norwich got their second win of the season and first under Dean Smith, which moved them second from bottom. I think that's the first time maybe for this whole season now they've come above the bottom and been replaced with Newcastle after their dramatic 3-3 draw uh, versus Brentford. And then, of course, Burnley are still in those bottom three places after their 3-3 draw as well with Crystal Palace. Championship, I've focused on the top three going into the weekend. So Fulham, uh, on fantastic form, Fulham, they were at home to Barnsley. Barnsley with their head, new head coach, Poya Asp. Bagger, whoever he is. Oh, I don't know. He that made is. six changes, didn't make much difference because Fulham beat him 4 1. And Mitrovic, 21 goals and 18 matches league goals. I mean, that's just absolutely fantastic. 65% possession, 12 shots on target. They've won five on the bounce. I mean, they look uh, really, really strong candidates now. On Saturday as well, Huddersfield, West Brom, West Brom. Top three, uh, never quite got going. Daniel Sinani, early goal, uh, won it for Huddersfield. Livermore got sent off. West Brom captain, second half. That means Huddersfield won four of the last five at home and on the verge of the playoffs. West Brom had 20 shots, 64% possession, but still couldn't get a goal. Uh, they're still third, although starting to uh, fall behind the top two. Um, even so, a big match on Sunday, Derby, another minus nine, minus 18. Versus Bournemouth, so top versus bottom or bottom versus top. Bournemouth two and up at half time, uh, but Liam Lawrence, um, left footer, got two goals to make it three two. So a brilliant win for Derby. Gets them back to no points, <laughs> which is wow. uh, not bad from where they were. It's interesting. Bournemouth have lost two matches so far this season against the bottom two, Barnsley and Derby. Oh, wow. So that's a bit weird, isn't it? And Derby's first win in eight, and uh, who knows they might be able to uh, survive. So Fulham and Bournemouth are now eight points clear of West Brom in third, which is interesting. Down the bottom, like I said, Derby managed to get back to no points. Barnsley on 11 points. And then Peterborough and Hull, 15 points each. And Hull have won the last two, actually. Uh, and Reading, they're getting dragged down into it because they also got some points yeah. they this week. Goodness yeah. me, what a mess. League One leaders Plymouth Argyle lost for just the second time this season at Charlton 2-0, who are Charlton now six matches unbeaten in the league. Plymouth do stay top by two points, but Rotherham and Wigan below them have one and two games in hand. Talking of which, Rotherham continue their great form. They secured three points, 3-1 home victory versus mid-table Cambridge. So Rotherham is second, and like I said, two points behind Plymouth. Wickham are back to winning ways after a narrow 1-0 win versus Bolton, uh, who, after a good start to the season, Bolton seem to have now found themselves nine points off the playoffs. 
Um, Wickham are fourth, joint on points with Wigan and Rotherham. And then towards the bottom of the table, you've got a second win of the season for struggling crew Alexandra, who is still bottom. Uh, they won 2-0 versus Gillingham. And they're now two points. Uh, Gillingham are only now two points above the drop zone. And it was a local derby down towards the bottom of the table. Fleetwood Town versus Morecambe, uh, who were joint on points going into the match. It was 1-1 going into extra time. And then it was a 94th minute winner from Morecambe Stockton to get them the three points, which lifted Morecambe three points off relegation. So towards down the bottom table, we've got Shrewsbury Town, Fleetwood, Doncaster and Crewe. So Harrogate, who I found out when I was reading the report, are called the Sulphurites. That's an interesting... Sulphurites, wow. So I think, I think that must be linked to it's being a spa town. Yeah. And then you get the smell of sulphur in a spa yeah, town. Yeah, They were home to Sulphur, who were, of course, favourites for promotion, but had a bit of a weird start. But they got a good 2-0 win at Harrogate, actually. London Low scored, fourth game undefeated, unbeaten rather for Salford. Uh, Harrogate uh, had a good se- having a good season, but they only had two clean sheets in the last 25 league games. Wow. So they need to learn how to defend, and they've lost three out of the last four. Oldham Port Vale was a big match. Uh, Oldham down the bottom and Port Vale third. One one at half time, two two going into added on time. But then Aaron Martin got a 93rd minute winner for Oldham. Both teams five shots on target. A, fa- a rare defeat for Port Vale and a rare win for Oldham. But uh, yeah, cracking win for Oldham. Down the bottom, Mansfield, Scunthorpe. Mansfield got the fifth win in a row. Fantastic with a 3-1 win against bottom club Scunthorpe. That moves Mansfield up to 17th, so they had a bit of a a good run, five wins in a row. Top of the table, Forest Green have won 3-1 at Hartlepool, still top. Uh, 34 from 16, extra second now. 32 points from 17 and Port Vale slipping back a bit, 29 from 17. And three points separate 10th to 18th, so there's quite a bunched up oh, right, yeah. in the middle of the table there. Bottom of Scunthorpe, 12, Carlisle, 13, Oldham, 15. And then the National League picks on a couple of games, or one game actually, Barnet, Torquay. Another one, interesting, the Bees is the nickname of Barnet, and I found out that they play at the Hive. Ah, okay. Where else would they play? And I the guess bees? the mascot must be a bee. Must be a bee, I imagine. <laughs> Uh, and they were 1-0 up at half-time and won 2-1. So, good win for Barnett. They've leapfrogged Torquay. Torquay, again, clear leaders last year and didn't quite get there. Barnett struggled terribly last year. So, yeah, a bit of a turnaround, really. So, they've won three of the last four. Like I said, they leapfrogged Torquay into 15th place. Uh, and then I've focused on the National League North for a change. Top versus bottom, AFC Telford versus AFC Fylde. Uh, and filed 1-2-1 at Telford. So filed the top on 33 from 15, Telford the bottom, with 14 games, 9 points. So in the National League, Chesterfield are still top, Borehamwood second, Grimsby third, and Dover are on minus something quite a lot. Wowzers. Well, going from Barnet in the National League to our Barnet of the week. And I was lucky enough, this was the first football match that I've seen since COVID, actually. I know you've seen Rovers and Barrow play a bit, but this was my first time going to a football match. And I saw uh, Blackburn Rovers at Bristol City at Ashgate. Great atmosphere. It was good. Good turnout. And um, yeah, I was looking, keeping an eye out for some Barnets because I thought I might not recognise some of these Bristol City players. And I've gone for the 20-year-old sub who came on and looked quite sharp, actually. And the fans seemed to... 
They had a lot of chance for him. So I presume he was a bit of a fan's favourite that was on the bench. His name's he's a French international, Han Noah Masengo. And he's got a lovely barnet. Very similar to like David Luiz Fellaini. That like very curly, massive uh, barnet. So we were right behind one of the goals and you could see him on the other side of the pitch. He was very easy to spot with his lovely barnet. So yeah, he's getting my barnet of the week. That's not an easy song to make up, is it? I'm no, sure I can't remember what the chant was for Masengo. I would Masengo. give you 10 out of 10 if you'd give me that one today. Oh, damn it. I forgot to mention that Huddersfield's goal in the 1-0 win over West Brom was scored by Daniel Sonali, an early goal. Now, this is he's my barn of the week. He's a 24-year-old, born in Yugoslavia, plays for Luxembourg, randomly. Wow, OK. Uh, and he must play with Dan Nulsi, who's a lad from Blackburn, who's from Luxembourg. Yeah. Although Sonali's not from Luxembourg, but he plays for Luxembourg. Right. Uh, he actually, he's on the books at Norwich, never played for them, been out on loan a couple of times. He's played 15 now. At Huddersfield, he was the hero yesterday, and he's got this very, uh, very nice. You have to have a look at him. Very nice will, yeah. quiff, quite a slick back okay. hair. So uh, the Luxembourg nice. look, I think it is. Right, that's it for this week of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We are on social media. You can check us out on Twitter at Plants Rants, or you can tag us in anything and have your say on all of our previous podcasts, which are all available to go back and listen to on all the availing streaming platforms. Uh, but till then, we'll be back next week with some more Football Chants and Rants with the Plants, and we'll see you then. <laughs>